millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode of the Bale Tale kneecap with songs about drugs, Irish language rights, and of course the DUP. The West Belfast Trio have seen a meteoric rise to fame in the last few years. From packing out venues across Ireland and the UK, including the Big Tent at Electric Picnic, to starring in their own semi-biopic film with a cast that boasts Hollywood star Michael Fassbender as one of its members. A rap trio from Belfast, which performs mainly in Irish, have sold out gigs in the UK, Ireland and US. And now Kneecap are making their acting debut. Their film is having its premiere at the Sundance Film Festival in the US. But, of course, the band are no strangers to controversy. With provocative lyrics performed mostly in Irish, some have criticised the trio for their glamorisation of drug use, paramilitary imagery and a pro-Republican stance. I think with Kneecap there is... um gratuitously offensive messaging uh, and content to their performances and, and their communications. But who exactly are Kneecap? How did this Belfast hip-hop group go from independent musicians to the big screen? And why is everyone so upset? People are going to say that Kneecap are dangerous. I personally don't think that they are or that their music is. I think it does speak to kind of frustrations among young people today. I'm Neve Campbell and I'm joined by Belfast Telegraph reporter Liam Tunney, music journalist Dave Hanratty, and later on we'll also be hearing from ex-PSNI officer John Burroughs, who has been chatting to our producer Olivia Peden. So welcome to the Belltale guys. I was wondering, Liam, if you could sort of give us a bit of a rundown briefly on anyone who doesn't know and has listened to this podcast, who exactly are Kneecap? <laughs> um, Kneecap, they're a rap or a hip-hop um, group from West Belfast. There's three of them, they're a trio. They have been going for quite a while. I mean, I'd first heard of them through Irish language circles and they've kind of grown exponentially since then, obviously with the film and with their current success. They go by the stage names, they've got Mohara, Mowgli Bap and DJ Provi. Um, they, they do have their names are Lee Mohani, Nisha O'Carline and JJ O'Doherty. They've courted controversy throughout. I mean, their lyrics um, are a controversy in themselves. They have lots of references to drugs, sex, you, you know, a lot of anti-establishment themes running through them. But, I mean, it's obviously just not just that. There are lots of other references in there to likes of Celtic mythology. I mean, Neve Kinor, the story of Oshin and Tiernanog is in there as well. So they're a band who, who court controversy and everyone appears to have an opinion on them yeah. <laughs> in this day at the minute. Definitely. And Dave, you're, you're a music journalist based in the Republic of Ireland. 
How, you know, do kneecap make a lot of headlines down there or how are they being received? Yeah, increasingly so on the headline front. I think personality goes a long way. I remember them popping up. The first time I kind of, I guess, engaged with them wasn't through their music. It was through a viral interview that they did with uh, UK, in which they were just kind of answering kind of quick fire questions on camera in that very modern social media style that we continue to see uh, when it comes to entertainment and the arts. And they were just so sharp, you know, like they were like they were speaking to English interviewers and they were slagging off England and they were kind of like saying that ignorance is built into your culture. What's happening? And we're kneecap from Belfast and we're going to answer stupid questions that you ask Irish people all the time. Why do you think English people know so little about art? Ignorance, Ignorance is built in their culture. Always from, from the start of time, from they fucking started taking over every country in the world, they refused to learn their history and refused to come to terms with it. And that, of course, absolutely went viral, both from the side of people who were offended by that and people who were very much supportive of that. And from there, yeah, you go and investigate the music. You know, when they first kind of burst onto the scene in 2017, it was through like a song called Kyarta, which was, I believe they've said that it was it was a joke. You know, it was, it was meant to be just a gag. And well, let's see how far this goes. And of course, in recent years, we've seen how far it's gone. I mean, they're playing to increasingly large crowds playing venues down here like the Three Olympia Theatre, so that's about 1,200 people, but it'd be interesting to see if they can make it to, say, three arena level, which is about you know 13,000. But I think ultimately with Kneecap, it's a case of they're incredibly provocative by design. I mean, if it did start as a joke, they've every right to see how far it goes, but they have captured the attention of a primarily youth market. People are seeing what they're saying and are very kind of, you know, supportive of it, nodding along with it, very reflective of kind of a culture that is very proud of the Irish language and also is leaning increasingly towards republicanism. Now, there, of course, there is the argument, you know, are they promoting and glamorizing terrorism? Are they satirizing it or is it none of the above? I think they're very, very intelligent guys. I don't think that they should be dismissed at all. And that's kind of what's happened with them along the way. I mean, they made headlines because RT, the national broadcaster, banned Kyarta when it came out. But if you ban Kneecap, if you say you guys aren't allowed, it's very reminiscent of the parental advisory stickers that were stuck on CDs in the 80s, the video nasties in the UK, and the fact that people are even coming out against this film that they're in. People, I should stress, who haven't seen the film, you kind of need to see it before you decry it. All of this is wonderful ammunition for them and they're making hay with it. And Liam, just touched on the film because they're mainly back in the headlines at the moment because their film, which is a semi-biopic um, about the story of the rise of, of the hip-hop trio, it was the first Irish language film to uh, premiere at Sundance over in the US. Sony have acquired the rights. Do you know, do you know anything about what the film is about? Um, the film is kind of a it's a fictional story it should also be said it's a semi-biopic but you know it's just not real life yeah. <laughs> some people maybe you know you have to make that distinction um, it's a film where Michael Fassbender plays the kind of the terrorist father of young Nisho Carlin um, he's a veteran of the dirty protests and the IRA bombing campaigns um, he fakes his own death and turns up as a yoga teacher um, leading to a, a rather clever Bobby Sandals joke um, <laughs> he also teaches Nisha and his best friend Liam Ohani who's Mohara uh, how to speak Irish um, and he uses that phrase every word is a bullet and uh, he means that phrase um, then it cuts forward to the present day and Nisha and Liam are part of that post Good Friday agreement generation where by I mean, they've grown up in peacetime, but there's still a big hangover from, you know, more troubled eras. 
Um, they're navigating that that path into the present, and you know, the, the low-level drug dealing. The drugs then attack the attract the attention of the radical Republicans against drugs, the RRAD, which is a you know a group <laughs> against drugs. It's not the, far away from the real. It's very close <laughs> to the ones we have yeah. in the north. Um, and the, the missing father then attracts the attention of a hardline special branch officer. Um, Nisha attracts the attention of uh, a young unionist lady who. Promises to blow him like a Brighton hotel, which is a, an interesting reference. Um, J, they both then encounter JJ, um, and this is how the band then comes about in this fictional depiction of it. And the band finds itself as part of a civil rights movement to have Irish recognised as the country's native language. But I suppose, um, what what is real and what isn't? How did they actually start? <laughs> well, I think for the the end of the the fictional account there about the the rights and the Irish language act, um. Such as now they started. Um, Mowgli Vap was out spray painting with a friend the day before one of the, the kind of large demonstrations, the Irish Language Act marches in Belfast. They'd written Carta on a bus stop, and the Carta is the Irish for rights. Um, when the police arrived and they'd arrested his friend, I think Mowgli got away, but they'd lifted his friend anyway and took him down to the station. The friend then refused to speak English and ended up spending a night in the cells while they waited for a translator. And that's where the inspiration came for the song C-E-A-R-T-A, obviously spells out Carta. Um, which, as you say earlier, they intended to release just for the crack. Uh, and that was kind of the genesis of Kneecap. That came out. People loved it. It went well. They started to do more and things developed from there. In terms of, of the music and uh, this hip-hop brand, you know, and, and the satirical side, are they common of the genre or are there any other artists that, you know, past or present that you could compare them to? Not even necessarily Irish, just across the world. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've got a couple, but I will just as a very, very quick preface, I would say just to add to what you were saying. I mean, they themselves have said, we don't hate British people, we hate the British government. And mm-hmm. there's a big difference there. I don't think it's a, a full on anti-UK situation. It's an anti, you know, established government, Tory government, you know, history of colonisation, etc. And they've been very articulate talking about that. But to bring it to the music, if I was to compare them to a couple of artists I've thought of, I mean, one I would say is there's a Dublin rap group called Versatile who've caused an awful lot of controversy in recent years and have been rightly criticised and rightly pulled up for their lyrical content, which I think they would make the claim that they are satirists and that they are actually invoking racial stereotypes in order to make a wider point. But people have accused them of actually just engaging in racial stereotypes. At the same time, they're a wildly successful act that sold out the three arena. They became the first Irish hip hop act to do it and love them or hate them, you have to say that that, that, is a, that is a success story. But they're definitely a lot more toxic, I think, in terms of their brand. I think if you look at Kneecap, you know, in this kind of modernization and this kind of youth culture, like I say, people are going to say that Kneecap are dangerous. I personally don't think that they are or that their music is. I think it does speak to kind of frustrations among young people today. And they see that, they go to those shows, they're very communal. It's worth saying as well in terms of international headlines, like Rolling Stone did a very good photo shoot with them uh, kind of in the run-up to the film uh, uh, backstage at one of their shows. So you're seeing that they're making those international headlines in the way that not a lot of Irish hip-hop uh, hip hop artists have been doing, you know, in the last 10 years when, when it's been having a moment. Uh, they are reflective of the genre in that regard, and I do think that they're more kind of wholesome than people think they are in some respects. I mean, I think they're a kind of a pop group at the end of the day. They can call themselves punk rap, etc. The other point I would make in terms of an artist comparison is of all people... I think back to when I was a teenager and I was obsessed with the band Slipknot, you know, masked metal band. And I was told 
you know, you're not allowed to listen to them. You know, they're scary, they're dangerous, etc. And of course, if you tell a teenager not to do something, you know exactly what they will do. So I became obsessed with that band. I think Kneecap operate in a very, very similar kind of space. I think that they are very attractive for that reason. But I do think that in their messaging, they're, like I say, they're so much more savvy than they're getting credit for from some quarters of the critics. I wouldn't underestimate them. I wouldn't want to get into a row with them because I think that they're very intelligent. So there's sort of a main timeline of events that have really caused them to make the headlines a lot. And uh, some of those include, you know, them chanting, get your Brits out at concerts, causing the group or the crowds to also chant that. Uh, murals in 2022, they unveiled a mural depicting a burning PSNA Land Rover uh, with the caption written in Irish, are you see or not welcome? And then a year later, they also had another mural which was saying, England, get out of Ireland. But to talk a bit more, uh, someone who knows a bit more about why unionists communities and especially, you know, members of the police as well, do feel offended and upset by Kneecap's actions and behaviours. Our producer, Olivia Peden, spoke to ex-PSNA senior officer, John Burroughs. John, what's the problem that a lot of people see with Kneecap? Yeah, I think with Kneecap, there is gratuitously offensive messaging uh, and content to their performances and, and their communications. Um, uh, and it's not just divisive in terms of good community relations, but actually, it is offensive to victims of terrorism. And, and I think that's the primary uh, cause of people being affronted by some of their material. There would be some people who would think it's just a repeat of the Sex Pistols back in the day and rock and roll causing offence. Why would you say that this is different? I think how they present themselves is a major issue. And I think things like uh, showing a land ro- police Land Rover on fire, it sends a message that that, that that is something that is humorous. But a lot of people in Northern Ireland will be triggered by that. They will actually have trauma around that and other things. And I think I go back to this statement. Whenever issues are raised about them causing offence to victims and other people, to choose, deliberately choose the words of a terrorist group who was kind of threatening in a way to carry out more violence, we only need to get lucky once was just awful. And they've done nothing to dispel the argument that that, that what they're doing is offensive or, or, or in some ways trivialising terrorism. And I think the same applies to some of the messaging on drugs. You know, I saw one uh, picture uh, on stage that they were on of a Christmas tree with bags of cocaine or what looked like cocaine on it. And the group mentioned about having a white Christmas. You know, this is trivialization of serious issues. Uh, and when you conduct yourself like that, I think it's unacceptable. So Dave, you heard from John there, given his opinion on why he thinks kneecap could be offensive to certain groups in Northern Ireland. But it actually also seems that the foreign media are embracing the group a lot more than those locally. They've been featured on BBC World Service and the national BBC News in the UK overall. Why do you think it is that there are preconceived notions on how the group present themselves like John says, and do you think it's justified and, and a fair point that people are offended by kneecap? 
Yeah, I mean, in some corners, absolutely, it would be very provocative and it would be seen as kind of, you know, kind of cage rattling. And, you know, you cannot, you can take that narrative if you want to. And some media outlets have and some, you know, prominent politicians, etc. will. Uh, and I guess based on the previous conversation as well, it should say that absolutely, you know, if someone is a victim of, of, of violence and, uh, and of, you know, like things that they're talking about, their experience is incredibly valid and shouldn't be dismissed. By the same token, I don't view kneecap as people who are looking to punch down they don't strike me as that's what they're doing commentary which is the word that liam used there is what this is about as far as i'm concerned and then you have to maybe wonder are they playing characters i mean it, it, like much like the film are these like, exaggerated versions of themselves with the volume turned up to 11 in terms of international media being attracted to them they're attractive you know like they they're intelligent they're witty when they go on interviews the music is interesting. It's different for a lot of people, particularly outside, you know, Ireland. So therefore, it's new. It's new for them. And like, there is, of course, like I say, there's this ongoing kind of, not reclamation of the Irish language, but I think for too long, a lot of people just kind of, I don't know, just put it to one side. But I, I'm seeing more and more now with the younger generation that people are uh, making it a much more active thing in daily life. And someone like Kneecap out there is going to help with that. So I can see why places like Rolling Stone, the New York Times or whatever would be attracted to discussing them and talking about them. They give good quote as well when they do interviews. They know how to play the media. And that's why I'm saying don't underestimate them. Don't just automatically demonize them and suggest that they're, you know, rabble-rousers who've got nothing to say. And again, to kind of echo what Liam was saying about the gigs, like, I mean, being a communal experience, people go to those shows for a release. People have smiles on their faces. I'm not seeing violence at those shows it's weird because like you know if you look at a much different generation and a much different act we've kind of had this conversation about the wolf tones in recent times as well so I think music you know not, not that I'm suggesting that the wolf tones music pushes the envelope but I think kneecap are an act that definitely do push the envelope and I'd rather art be out there and be challenging and be provocative than be boring for a start and yes it may be offensive in some quarters, but I do think that they've managed to explain themselves quite well. Same time, you can make the argument that they don't have to explain themselves at all because I'm not seeing the same levels of toxicity that I'm seeing off, say, the aforementioned versatile. From the Irish point of view, Liam, their success has been a sense of pride for the Irish-speaking community. They've also raised awareness of Indigenous languages. How has the Irish-speaking community received them overall, do you think? Um, I think that the Irish language community is in that unique position where they can say, you know, we heard about them before they were they were famous. Yeah, um, knew them before they were cool. <laughs> yeah, they they've been aware of them for for quite some time, and it is they are a, a sense of pride for Irish speakers that that someone who is or a group who are performing predominantly in Irish are so famous and are creating so many waves across the world really at this stage. Um, so it is a great deal of pride for. Irish speakers and the lyrics themselves looking through them from an Irish language point of view they, they're very very cleverly done and the English phrases are populated in there to fit with obviously a rhythm and with their own colloquial upbringing um, people sometimes forget that there are people in Belfast who have Irish as their first language and that brings itself if you're an Irish language speaker growing up with that at school and you're in a, a community that there's a lot of English you pick up the Berlis is what they call it in, in Irish language circles you, you have kind of English or Irish interspersed with bits and pieces of English and that's that's the language that they are coming into and so it would make sense then that their performances and their art is a reflection of that. They have, I mean, it's not just raps about, you know, sex and drugs and violence. There are more kind of profound things. I mean, they created a song called Mam, I think, as a tribute to their mothers in 2021. And that was acknowledged at the time as a real shift away from their, their usual style. Um, Mokara, 
he stated in an interview he wanted to show that they can roundhouse you off the stage, but they can also give you a hug afterwards. And they they wanted to do something a bit more sentimental, so that they weren't kind of boxed in as this masculine rabble-rousing group. Um, they then also revealed after that, that Mowgli Bap's mother had died of suicide before the song could be released, and all proceeds from the song would be going to the Samaritans. Now that didn't make as many headlines as say, you know, the likes of those throwaway comments on social media. So there's a great depth to the three characters and. The controversy comes, it comes with any hip-hop act, it comes with any act who are looking to be provocative. But underneath that, you have three guys who are know where they're from, they're proud of where they're from, and they want to show that to the world in a way that's authentic. And I think that's what they're achieving. And speaking about those comments this week, Liam, as well, um, a lot of the controversy and I guess the publicity that kneecap derives is from you were talking about the, the DUP, the comments that the DUP makes about them. Um, Ian Paisley Jr. this week, you know, said that he was appalled or found it appalling that uh, public funding was used to to fund their um, their movie, to which, you know, they came out and said that, because they're always very jokey, uh, that they would put the movie on in any orange hall he wanted. But as regards the DUP, talking about that song I had mentioned before, Get Your Brits Out, you know, you could see where that song would be offensive. Do you think... I do wonder, though... I'm oh, sorry, I was going to say, I, I, I do wonder, though, when it comes to politicians who jump out and kind of make the point that they, they shouldn't have been given any kind of public money or public funding and, you know, ban the sick filth, like I said before. I, I do wonder if the politicians understand what they're doing because, like, you're not just playing directly into their hands. You're giving them a level of publicity that they might otherwise not get. And I do find myself wondering if it's all a game, if the politicians are also like, well, I'll also get publicity out of this as well because they must know, they must understand that if they're going to come out and make these... Out- Landish statements about how this film that they have not seen should not be allowed, etc., or should not be funded. You know, you know it's going to make news stories. So, is it a case that you're willingly put yourself in the spotlight to look out of touch? I don't think it really helps your cause, but maybe amongst a certain voting contingent, it does. But it also fuels kneecap, and the, you know, controversy fuels this band, of course. But a lot of people are doing the work for them, which I find interesting because you do get these kind of, you know, Simpsons, Helen Lovejoy types clutching their pearls and saying, won't someone think of the children? But all you're going to do is push the children and the youth closer to them by doing this. So I, I, I'm always baffled whenever this comes out. But again, I do wonder if it's a, if it serves both sides to get everyone in the papers. Surely you're not suggesting that our politi- politicians in Northern Ireland are being cynical. <laughs> no, no, I would never do such a thing. Not at all. Well, this is what I was going to ask you too, Dave, just being from the Republic um, and maybe because you're a journalist, you're a bit more in tune. So you're maybe the wrong person to ask. But do you think that Kneecap's lyrics have educated sort of maybe the youth that, that don't remember the troubles from the Republic of Ireland? Do you, do you think anyone has learned more about Northern Ireland through them? Maybe not necessarily in a good way because of, you know, the, the way that they do talk about the DUP. But do you think that's a factor? Yeah, I think so. I think it could be a good way. I mean, you have to like remember that we're dealing with a generation of people where, you know, you see tweets go viral every now and then saying like someone was watching Titanic at the weekend and, you know, were stunned to learn that it was based on a real life event. I mean, like time makes fools of us all in some respects, but some people just aren't aware of things. And like you have to accept that as well. I mean, if someone simply does not know about a pivotal event like the Troubles for whatever reason and say kneecap is the way into that, it's not a bad thing. You know, I mean, like I, like this isn't their raison d'etre ne- like, like necessarily to just be there to educate people on that regard, but it does happen as a byproduct. And even when it comes to the Irish language and I guess promotion of the Irish language, um, I find myself now knowing a lot more people in my life, younger people, who speak the Irish language on, on a daily basis. And like I didn't necessarily have that growing up and I think I... I developed a bit of a resentment for the language, not because there's anything wrong with it, but because I just didn't take to it and I wasn't in a communal setting where it was more 
I guess, spoken and, you know, in music as well. Uh, like, I'm not going to say that they're a complete and utter positive force for good, but I'm just not seeing too much of the bad. And again, yes, I am from the Republic, so I'm not as lived in experience when it comes to some of the issues that they're talking about. But they are. And I don't see why they don't have the right to talk about that. And like, whether it is exaggerated, whether it is done for comic effect, there is, as Liam was saying, use the word profound, there is a profound message in some of the music. And that shouldn't be discounted. But some people are just very, very quick to do that. But like I say, this is exactly what they want. They want to be seen to be the anti-establishment, anti-establishment alternative who do have a message and do have more to say. And lastly, I will say as well that, reflective of the generation as well, they're a multimedia act. And this film coming out just proves that completely. They're more than just a music group. They are a multimedia act for a modern generation and people love that. We're speaking about generational impacts and this is not at all to be ageist, Liam, but do you think... We've heard rustlings in the Belfast Telegraph that there are actually a lot of young people from uh, more traditional unionist and loyalist areas, particularly in Belfast, like the Shankill, that do like kneecap, but they don't want to maybe uh, portray publicly that sort of love for them. You know, is that is that something to be considered? I think that's fair. I mean, kneecap, I've mentioned that before. I mean, they, they'd said in an interview about attending a, a bonfire or a parade on Sandy Row. And they'd heard some people there singing their character song and they went over and had a chat with them because they, they talked about how they were a wee bit hesitant about going. But once they got there, they realised, I think, I don't know if someone recognised them or they just heard people singing the song. But then they went up to them after and said, look, you know, that's our song. That's, that's I don't know us. if DJ Provey went round with the with the uh, tricolour balaclava to the bonfire. Maybe that's why they recognised them. I think he'd be heard in the side of caution there. <laughs> but um, it, it speaks to the fact that there's so many similarities between those two communities and Sandy Row obviously working class loyalist community West Belfast has lots of working class Catholic communities um, from a Republican background and you can see there that they do there's so much in common and I think NECAP are kind of speaking to that and speaking to it in a way that those young people of that generation are listening to but there's definitely a, a movement there and they definitely are hitting audiences on both sides of that divide Liam Tunney and Dave Hanradi, thank you very much. The clips you heard today on The Bell Tale are from the BBC, joe.co.uk, and the songs you heard are Kierta and Get Your Brits Out, which have been written and performed by Kneecap. And since this podcast was recorded, Kneecap won the Audience Award at the Sundance Film Festival. The Audience Award is selected by those attending the festival rather than by the jury or the critics. 